All right. Why we both clap? Welcome to Cool Kids Podcast. Yes, season I three. am. Yep. Season three. So this season that chicken. Whenever we take a break, I like to just make it a new season. <laughs> it wasn't that long of a break though. <laughs> Thanksgiving. It's been a whole year, G. I mean, it is a new year. So no season three. Ah, uh, it's still season two. Uh, I'm your girl, Juju. It was some good water. Is it good? Dang. I'm your girl, Juju, and this is... Hey, I'm Des. Desmond. This is weird. We're in the same space. So, for those listening, you can't see us, but Julian and I, I'm actually... You're in D.C. DC. That's what I was going to say. Oh, I thought you were going to say, where are you going no, in I'm D.C.? I was like, oh, snap. I'm covering you. Oh, Don't son. Worry. Son. We're I in a secret say. bunker. <laughs> Preparing for the, um, <laughs> the ending for of the world. World War Three, Right. Because <laughs> that kicked off since... I don't really know if that's World War Three. You don't think so? I'm not as concerned yet. Uh-oh. Because... Well, anyway, let's, let's do the introduction. There's a lot to talk about. So much to talk um, about. I've gained weight, so my clothes don't fit the way they do anymore. I've oh. also gained weight. I mean, you're hiding it, though. I can't tell. I mean, peplum. It, I mean, what men don't that? have the option of peplum. It's like a little ruffle. So it makes oh, it, it yes. See, they should make things like that for us. They should for the bigger guy. For a husky man, I'm not really husky. You're not just, husky though. Just thick. For the thick man. Yeah, because it like it doesn't go anywhere else but my thighs and my stomach. Uh, I feel like a pregnant black woman. That's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm in DC. I'm in DC with with Julian, and we get a chance to do the the podcast face to face. That's this right. Is, this is weird, man. I can see your facial I expressions. Can see your facial expressions. Yeah. Oof. It well. I feel like our flow is different when we can't see each other. Yeah. I'm goofy, huh? <laughs> I'm not even gonna touch that. Um, I jokingly said, "You want no joke, G. I was no like, joke. he's kind of goofy because he's a comedian. Uh, Julian told me I had to meet her somewhere at this secret location. <laughs> and I walked in, and the lady was like, are you here to see Julian? And I was like, yes. How did you know? Is it that obvious that I'm lost? She said, no. <laughs> Julian said, look for a brown and goofy looking dude. And I was like, yo, goofy looking? I can't breathe. F you, Juju. That was some like serious paraphrasing. but um... <laughs> Microaggression now, I'm going to... Exhibit. I'm legit about to fall on the floor with laughter. So I don't even know where to go from here. Let's get into it. There's so it. much to talk about. There's, There's like a multitude of things. Do we want to start in the around. obvious place of World War Three? Oh, you pointed that way, like it was well, outside of the you window. Know the, the White House. Is it that way? Probably. I um, get all disoriented in secret bunkers <laughs> because we are in the secret bunker. A uh, World War Three. Yeah. That is the war that's happening between us and Russia, right? Russia? Iran? Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, let me tell you. I Julia. mean, Russia's probably Julia, in the middle of it. I was called Julia. There is so much happening with this impeachment, Man. Russia, Iran. The coronavirus. I'm, you know. Forest fires. Smokey Australia. The, Smokey the Bear is up in flames. I mean. No pun intended. The, the whole <laughs> continent of Australia. Is just, oh, did you get it? Yeah, Smokey, Smokey the Bear is up, up in flames. flames. Yeah. I thought those bars. Is that anything with the we connect? 
No, but speaking of which, do uh, you have the connect? I do not have a weed connect. The District of Columbia? Uh, the whole district is a weed connect. Is it? I just it go is. out on the street and say, yo, where the weed at? Yep, and people Somebody. be like, cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> is it legal here? Um, to an extent. You can't like smoke it on the street. You have to technically have a prescription, mm. but I heard you can go to the dispensary and the doctor at the dispensary will. So there's a dispensary. DC has dispensaries. Yes, DC has dispensaries, and the doctor will prescribe something for what ails you. I'm gonna Google um, the nearest dispensary. You can't sell weed, but the most crafty thing I've heard of is people selling tracks, like. Not weave tracks, like but like music tracks. tracks. No, <laughs> that would be an interesting twist. But like music tracks, like selling music to people. Well, I'm gonna read Romans today. But then giving this? them a free gift of an edible. Oh wow! Because the money was exchanged for the music, oh. not the drugs. People are. Where are they at? Where are those people? <laughs> I'm sure if you like hashtag <laughs> hashtag we connect. DC, somebody will somebody uh, reach out to you. Yes. Um, yeah, your congregation is probably like, this dude is. I think I out. let them down more and more each, <laughs> each episode, <laughs> each season. Each Sunday. God dang it, man. You moved your church. Yeah, so we're moving. Moved church has moved. Moved, no pun intended. We were <laughs> worshiping in Gary at a school, Steel City Academy. Um, they're still great partners. And we are moving to Crown Point. <laughs> For a number of reasons. I was like, give it some color. Tell us why. Well, um, I talked to the principal, Principal Curry, and the space, right? You just don't have a whole lot of room yeah. um, to move around in there. And, and they, y'all are a growing church. Yeah, and we wanted to do you know, some programming. And Steel City has been a great partner for the past year, um, letting us you know, use that space. And yeah, um, yeah we just need, needed some more room to move around. And we really wanted to do some things. Uh, as far as ministry work, you know, missionary work, uh, make some partnerships and kind of yeah. moving into this new space. This new building lets us do that. We've yeah. got a lot of kids, a lot of babies. They need their own room. They um, need a little romp, a little holy romper room. romper room. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Crown Point is a, <clears throat> how can I put it? It's a budding community. The demographic there is changing. Okay. Which is very, very interesting. And, okay. Um, I think that we're going to be... a an answer to what a lot of people that look like us, uh, their their version of church, will be able to kind of supply that. And, and you know, a lot of people have um, <clears throat> partnered with us and helped us from that community already. Wow. They're very thankful. They've been very open, very receptive, established good relationships. And we're excited, man. Easter Sunday is going to be the first Sunday there. You say Easter Sunday? Easter Sunday. Wow. Yeah, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. So 12 o'clock. Go so, get lit. We lit church. We play Kanye West as our devotion. I was just like, who's gonna be your minister of music? <laughs> I, you know, we've been. I have a lot of friends that I've been connecting with, and just said, hey, I need partners. Yeah. Us financially, but to help us kind of get some things organized, and people have been stepping up to the plate, yeah. and um, I'm excited, super excited. That's dope. That's dope. It's so funny that you were like, we're moving out of Steel City. I was thinking larger context Steel City, not like school, but community. Oh, well, so I was more so curious around like oh, I can the transition that. from Gary yes. to Crown Point. You know, Julian, I have this thought. And I am a pastor, so I have to use scripture here. Go ahead. If you open your Bibles. No, I'm kidding. But there's a story <laughs> where Jesus says... 
because the people knew him so well, he was so familiar that he wasn't able to do the full gamut of the miracles he did in other places, like raise people from the Ooh, dead, open eyes. Bible literally says all he could do was heal a few sick folks. Right. And that was it. Right. And I think that the the familiarity or people knowing me so well and, and Gary from doing so many other things that that's right the ministry isn't really received as well as it is in other areas yeah and I've noticed that if I go go other places with this gift or the gospel man it's, it's kind of received on different different levels it doesn't knock Gary no right? not at all I just think that I'm not the answer for what they need you know does that make sense? Gary's saturated with churches. It's it is. church on every corner. It is, man. And For the city to be the, in the condition that it's in, it's like how impactful is ministry right now in Gary, especially when you think about some of the reasons that a lot of the ministries in Gary were founded. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? That's a good point. Yeah. And then, too, like I consider in order to be numerically the definition of success in Gary, I would have had to adapt who I am for like my approach to ministry. I'm, I'm very. Do like, you mean numbers in congregation or like? I think numbers in congregation. Like offerings. numbers in congregation. <laughs> numbers in congregation, but then in order to fit that mode of what like a successful and I'm giving air quotations for those who can't see. Yeah. For what a successful church is in Gary, I would have had to adapt my approach to ministry. Yeah. And I would have had to do a. 180 and I'm not like I'm not the typical preacher right I'm not so you feel like you couldn't have had an authentic ministry I yeah I would have had to be what's the word I want to use I don't want to say superficial mm. I would have had to be like a you no know, faux locks and you know is that, like the hair is, what, what are they called faux, faux locks faux locks because they're not really real yeah they're like, faux right yeah they're so, fake they, right so I would have had to be a <laughs> faux ministry you know <laughs> Kind of just going with the motions <laughs> with what everybody does. And that's like, now nah, I would rather be authentic in me and like in the vein of what God has me doing rather than being something that playing a character. Yeah. For those of you who um, <coughs> don't speak French, uh, faux, you may call them fox locks. That's not what they're called. F-A-U-X is pronounced faux. When I hear people say fox, I'm like, you are ignorant. <laughs> just unexposed just unexposed um, what you said really resonates with me I think that we've even had this conversation on the podcast about how oftentimes your hometown doesn't fully see your gifts and what you have to offer and will often not necessarily reject you but only accept what you can give to a certain point yeah. And they're more receptive to people who are from another place. And so maybe we were thinking about the same scripture. They were talking about the reception of the prophet. It's probably Jesus. But like the reception of the prophet from another town versus the prophet from... A prophet is not without honor, except it is... Is it the same It's the same story in a different... Book. book. Okay, okay. Cool. I was like, I think we're telling the same yeah, yeah, story. Are, are. Just, yeah, in two different books of the Bible. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's just incredible. Like, I think about the times that I've grown, and that was part of the return to D.C. Like, 
whenever I come here, I'm just afforded so many opportunities yeah. in terms of my career that I'm not at home. Yeah. Um, and folks here take me seriously. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I, I get it, man. <laughs> um, like, I get it. I took a new... So I work a new job, but they um I took a new position with that job. Yeah. And so I'm the director of community awareness and engagement. Oh, so glow up. Glow up. Whoop, whoop. But, you know, I'm providing the same services and same skill set to this company. Yeah. That serves Porter and Lake County students. Yeah. Same thing I was trying to give to particular organization in Gary. Yeah. And students. Yet that wasn't, you know, received yeah. as well. Yeah. It's it it's hurtful at the beginning, but it's like, hey, if you if you can't it's okay to switch teams, you know? <laughs> Sometimes yes. you gotta you gotta go to another city, another state, man, but And I think it's ingrained in us as black people to be loyal to a fault. Um, some of my friends say particularly black women, but I'm gonna leave it at. Yeah, let's I'm gonna leave gender out of it for this one. Let's not get you there. Not gender, sex. I'm gonna leave sex out of it. Um, sex is the plumbing. Gender is how you show up in the world. Are you masculine? Are you feminine? Are you androgynous? But anyway, I'm gonna leave sex out of it. But it's just the idea that black folks feel like we have to go above and beyond just to not necessarily be accepted in a space, but more so feel like we have the right to be in a space. And that lends us to being so loyal (laughs) and loyal to the point where it's detrimental for us. And so I commend you for making the moves that you needed to move uh, or needed to make with move uh, so that people can see your gift for what it is. I appreciate that, Julie. Absolutely. Because, you know, I was skeptical when you said you were moving to Crown Point. I'm like, but why though? Everybody was. <laughs> and I think I think that's kind of what a part of it, you know, I'll give the, the Christian answer. Of course, I felt led to go. I didn't really feel led to go there. Yeah. There's been something brewing in a while. But on the other side of that, the skepticism is kind of what motivated me yeah. to really, because I like doing things that people wouldn't expect. Yes. Because you're not going to find a black-led church to say, we're going to plant in Crown Point, which is, yeah. for those who don't live in that area, is traditionally white. And very racist. And very racist. <laughs> when, so when I got there, or before I started like really putting in the deposit for the building and et cetera, I wasn't thinking like the demographics changing. It was when I got there already to start making moves that some of my white friends in that area were like, you know, what you're doing is smart. Yeah. Because I know a lot of African Americans who don't have a church out here, who yeah. are young, um, who work, who have families, who are looking for a place to worship, but because they don't see a place that looks like them, they travel an hour away or they don't go at all. So what you're doing is commendable. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad that's the case because I was really making this move without even being conscious of that, you know? Yeah. That's pretty dope. I mean, I'm currently without a church home. I shouldn't say that because when I go home, I go to my church in Gary. But I don't have... Once a quarter? Once a quarter. I love it when people use quarter (laughs) in like regular sentences because you sound important. Yes, I, I come home quarterly. Ooh, she thinks. Getting those frequent flyer miles in between that and Puerto Rico. You know, right. I, I, stays on, <laughs> I stays on a plane. Ooh, uh, are you in a cartel? 
Rockles. We're bringing that joke back. That was episode one that you said I was in the cartel. Was it? Let me tell you, I forgot that is I said that. Is there a Puerto Rican cartel? I'm sure there is. <laughs> sure there That's is. That's not who I think about when I think about the cartel. I'm sure there's a Puerto Rican cartel. <laughs> like El Chavo's not from Puerto Rico. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. It's cousins. <laughs> oh, this mama's side. Hold on. Um, yeah, I mean. I have not settled down and found a church yet. Part of me has become millennial churching content, meaning I will watch church on my phone. I have some pastors that I listen to, present company included. Oh, you listen to me? I listen to you, oh, <laughs> I shepherd in my soul. You're so stupid. Uh, you know, I, so I have my... soul, y'all. No, I'm just <laughs> Don't, don't, don't. But I have a list of pastors that I either watch on Apple TV podcasts or, you know, download their sermons on Apple podcasts and maybe listen on my commute or listen on my lunch break. But traditional church has not been a priority for me because it's so accessible with technology. Um, And as an introvert, I don't really miss the fellowship of the congregation. I can still do my praise and worship in my living room, get a good word. But um, part of me still feels like there's something missing. I remember you saying that before, that community. That community is still missing. You know, like, I don't have a ton of family here. And if something crops up, I need people to pray with me or somebody to go get me some chicken soup that's not Amazon Prime delivery. Oh. You know, sometimes church family fills the role of your bio family. So what are you going to do about that? I don't know. I don't even know where to start on the hunt for, like, a good church family. The church I used to go to has changed a bit. It was a church plant initially, so it was a much smaller congregation. Um, But now it's like a mega church, and that's not my vibe. So um, the thing about churches in D.C. is uh, they're very non-traditional. If you come to D.C., you'll see there are a ton of historic buildings. And there may be traditional churches that have services during the day and then like a plant ministry may co-locate and have services there during the evening but you know last time i was here my church met in the movie theater um and a lot of churches here meet movie theaters and schools so it's really just about like showing up in a random place and i guess auditioning churches how did you navigate finding new church homes and building those relationships <clears throat> like, what do you mean? Like, for me personally? Like, yeah. a place for me to kind of... Because I know, like, at one point you were at Family Christian. I was never at... So, no. Oh, your dad was at Family <laughs> my Christian. Dad, yeah, my dad was at Family Christian. Yeah, but, like, how did you find your church family? So, my dad... Me and my family grew up in New Hope Church, which is a older church in Gary. It's been there for 70, about 70 years, and so... yeah. It's a historic church, almost. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I never really went, but my family was, like, embedded in that church. Like, our roots are there. So, when I got, like, when I came to True Salvation, I, um, that happened at Family Christian Center because my dad played ah, there. And got it. The weekends when he would get me, we would go to church and he would play, but the message that Sunday kind of hit me. Then I went back to my home church, mm-hmm. and that's where I kind of devoted my time and my discipleship. 
But, um, you know, at 27, I think that's when I left my, my home church. And then I was... And you founded your own church. I founded my own. And then, to be honest, Juju, in those three, three, four years, I haven't been going to a church regularly for... for like, there's a couple of churches I'll go to. Yeah. That I'll pop my head in. But I don't have a place that I really call home. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like in that... Because I'm different. Like, I, I need a certain kind of... I don't know. I guess because I'm a preacher, I'm cynical. And I like... What? I'm like... A cynical preacher? <laughs> I, I'm very, like, observant. And yeah. I've been reading a lot about um, CBT, well, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. I thought you were talking about something else. CBD? Yeah. <laughs> cognitive I was like, first he's talking about the weed connect. <laughs> now you're like, I was reading up on CBT. Cognitive Behavioral <laughs> Therapy is a, is a form of therapy. I know. I was a psych major. Okay. So cool. So cool. So I begin to understand like these schemas that I have created. Yeah. And, and I see and a part of it is kind of unhealthy because I always... One of the things in CBT it talks about that describes me to a T is that you will always find the negative in mm. the positive accomplishments of yourself or other people mm-hmm. just so you can keep that negative narrative for yourself. In layman's terms, you would hate them. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. pretty much. And so I, I, I would see myself going to some churches and I would always find the negative in it. That's right. Just so I can keep a negative narrative in myself. And, and I, when I realized that, I realized like all of these churches I was going to to get fed like they were really good but i would always find something right yeah and you i was expecting perfection expecting perfection that wasn't real that mm-hmm. wasn't going to be there and so i'll be like ah oh, you do that though you know yeah. or the way you walked it kind of <laughs> rose me threw the me off a little <laughs> bit i'm not going back so i am in the place of like trying to like eliminate that yeah and and i'm trying to find somewhere one of the churches in crown point one of the pastors um He's great. He invited me and my wife and my, my family to hit to his home. Yeah. We had lunch. Um, he's white. You know, we had lunch. He talked to us. It kind of opened up to us. And you know, his ministry I like, you know, but I'm yeah. just a relational guy. So if I can find somewhere where the church building isn't the most important thing to me. It's like the relationships you build outside of that. That's right. And I'm ranting, so I don't want to keep ranting. No. I mean, like, it's it's a real question, though. Because... Um, I think about the question of who disciples you, right? Like yeah, my yeah. former pastor used to say that. He was like, "Who? Do, I'm making disciples out of you, but someone has to still disciple me. Yeah, that's true. And so, you know, people often think of pastors as the one who makes disciples, but there's also that layer of like who pours into yeah. pastors yeah. and disciples yeah. them. There's a church here called Alfred Street Baptist and... um their pastor, I want to say his name is Wesley Johnson, was on national news recently because he's taking a sabbatical. He's a burnt out oh, pastor. Oh, my wife sent me the video. Yes. Oh, I got some thoughts. But and- yes, that's what I'm opening up the floor. Like, he's a burnt out pastor. He's like, listen, <laughs> hearing about people's trauma 24 7, like, it's a lot to navigate. I, I need a break. What are your thoughts? If this is the same video my wife sent me, and I was it was it any morning show? No, it was like a, a clip. It was him actually doing it, like in the service. Like, I guess telling was, his congregation, yeah, he like was I'm taking yeah. I don't know. Some of it rubbed me the wrong way. Say more. Is it because <laughs> of the language that he used? And this is a 
So my statements are from a 31-year-old black pastor who's a pastor of a startup church. Yes. And I work a full-time job. So my perspective is going to be of that. Yeah. It just sounded like he wanted to live his best life. And he was tired of devoting so much time to the people of the church. Mm. Now, granted, this is your job. You're, this is you're getting paid gig. for it. Yeah. So, if what the, I, we don't go to work and say, hey, I need some better. No, you might want to, but you don't. <laughs> so, There's no such thing. <laughs> I, I, people, I, I don't want people to think that I'm being insensitive, but yeah. it's like... You, you, you get a pay like it's your job. So he's been pastoring this church. When did I move here the last time? 10 years ago. So he's been pastoring this church for a little over a decade. Um, Alfred Street has hundreds of members, maybe, maybe more than that, maybe thousands of members. All very high strung, well to do, elite black people. It's a historically black church. It's not AME, it's Baptist, but mm. it's a historically black church. You AME. I'm a girl of AME, yes. AME. I'm in. And he preaches four services a weekend one on Saturday, three on Sunday. He's preached for the Obamas. Sheila Johnson, who founded BET, like, the bar is high. And I'm like, God doesn't care. God doesn't care if you Sheila Johnson, Barack, or Michelle. Like, he views us all the same way. But, you know, like, there's a certain bar for the word that you have to bring when you have these black dignitaries in your congregation. Because you know how we can be. You know how judgmental we are as a people. But... This has been his life for over a decade. And then all the other things that pastors do, like going to visit the sick and shut in, um, prison ministry, running church like a business. Because sometimes we forget that there is the business component of church. Like you're almost like an executive director. You're looking for money. You're managing money. You're managing facilities. Like it really is a full time gig. I have thoughts. Yeah, it, it is, but I think that speaks to a lot of a. You you do not get to complain from a penthouse view. Oof. So meaning, Oof. one, I would say, with all of the accolades that you have, I'm sure that this again, these are just my opinions and thoughts. I'm sure that your salary is very well to justify what work is that you're doing a and then two i think pastors put too much on themselves anyway like the definition Same of a pastor more. in a church like there are certain things that as pastors we should not be doing like we make it our mission to build churches and get the biggest church and have these programs like that's not what you are called to do and i yeah. think that you will get burnt out when you find yourself dabbling in a lane that you were never supposed to be in yeah you're supposed to lead and feed so we said we take it and we try to get the biggest church, which then comes with added responsibility. Do you think that feeds into ego or calling? I can answer that with an example. There was a um was a predominant church in Gary in the midst of me starting move that wanted me to come over. Mm-hmm. And like um and they wanted to hire me. Get nervous. <laughs> they, What's we heard that some sound in the, the secret bunker. 
Uh, they wanted to hire me to, to to come over and be their pastor, and they wanted me to at least submit my my resume with the end goal. I really believe they were gonna choose me. Yeah. But uh, and I thought about it, and I kind of did some research, did some digging, I found out how much they were paying. And, yeah. And then it was my wife and I had the conversation like, if you do this financially, we'll be we'll be very good, you know. But then I was like. I know what strings that's gonna come with, though. Yeah, I'm not willing to 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 do that, and so yeah. I think that a lot of men and women, when they get those churches or those positions, is is starts with calling. Yeah, but ego comes in because now you want to keep up. There's so much of an image that you try to keep up with. Yeah, in the Christian community, like you want to have this statue of what a pastor is driving this car yeah these clothes man and that that can drive you to make some decisions yeah it's not gonna be the wisest i mean like atlanta to me is the paradigm for that because having a church in atlanta is a status symbol yeah it is like everybody in their mother's like i'm gonna become a pastor It's like, are you really called or do yeah. you just want the prestige of yeah. saying like, I'm the pastor of such and such church and yeah. this is my McMansion, this is my custom roles. Yeah. Like, it's incredible to me, but I don't know that church as we see it today is actually what God had intended. I think about the, the original church. The original church doesn't align with mega church, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it was a small movement of people. Yeah. <clears throat> the relationship was the center. Yeah. Like I think we've just—I don't know. I think we've gotten away from the initial concept or the original concept of church. And when I think about like the structure, you were saying everybody wants a big building. I think about black church in particular. There's always a mortgage burner. Yeah. Think yeah. about yeah. how you could yeah. spend that money if you weren't worried about yeah. a church. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could actually feed the homeless. Yeah. You could actually do ministry yeah. if you didn't have a mortgage. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah. It's daunting. It, it not Right? So, the black church, I can only speak from experiences I've had. And I've... Fellowship. I've been to white churches, but predominantly my experience has been in the African American church. Yeah, we have the mortgage burning services because we have a we move into a building that we could not afford in the first place. Right. Just because we felt like we needed to have this huge. No, we didn't. No, you didn't need now, it. A big church. Listen, if God sends people your way, you need more space. Great. You know, growth is a great thing, but yeah. do it wisely. Don't don't get a loan. You know, for a mortgage, you're going to be paying for 30 years. You can barely afford it just for the set up. build a building. And I think it's just to kind of keep up with the Joneses. You, you want to keep up with pastors such and such down the street, man? Like, I, I had to get out of that. Like, that, that's a rat race I wasn't willing to commit to. You want to do ministry? You want to have a church? Yes, yeah. You know, <laughs> which one is it? You know, so. Well, speaking of ministry, I'm kidding. I don't have a story. Oh, okay. Well, okay I'm like, where, where are we going with that? <laughs> speaking of ministry. So what... So we, we heard what's new with me, Juju. What's happening with you? What's new with you? Man, new year, new me. You got new hair new? I do. I cut my hair off, but that happened before my birthday. I turned 35. Actually, my birthday happened during the best friend episode that you guys <laughs> have not heard yet. Listen, we're going to do this right now. So I was responsible for editing. We did the whole live podcast. Yep. I just haven't edited it. Edit, make the edits. Edit, 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 edit. That was hard to say. <laughs> I haven't done the editing. Editing. <laughs> so, 
You guys ain't heard it yet. But it was great, though. It was a dope show. I don't feel like we should talk about it because it's going to give it away. But it was just so, like the conversation afterwards. Made good relationships. Man, we met new people, got new followers. I shouldn't say followers. It makes us sound like we're trying to disciple people to cool kids. Um, <laughs> come to the church of cool kids. Come to the church of cool kids. The church of cool kids. I don't know if it sounds kind of... Man. It sounds cool, but then it sounds like some kind of psychologist. It almost sounds like, like we'd be doing some Kanye stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes, there's a whole other episode that was supposed to come before this one. Yes, I guarantee you, it's going to be done before 2021. Listen, my best friend's husband thinks that she. I don't have a husband. My best husband thinks that. I have a wife. <laughs> I don't have a husband. Oh, you're not talking about me. I was talking about our guest host, Jabam. Oh, okay. Jabam from the last episode. Yeah, Jabam's husband is under the impression that this recording never happened. It did. It did. Brandon, if you're listening, we really did record a show. Hopefully, you're listening. Hopefully, Jabam makes you listen to this. We did record a show. We did. And, um, and it'll surface. But what's new with me? Um, new year, new me. Got the cardigan? I do. I have a new cardigan. <laughs> got some new black skinnies. Okay. Some new black boots. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and, and got okay. some new pearl earrings. Okay. And, okay. Um, and I just pretended to Millie Rock. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You know, you know. Hey. Hey. You know, I didn't make resolutions this year. I didn't. I just said I was going to show up in the world differently. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's a nice cup. Thank that. It's just standard issue bunker cup. Yeah, it's nice. Um, <laughs> I'm focused here. Yeah, but um, yeah, I didn't make any resolutions, but I did say that my word of the year was gonna be no. Okay. There's so much power in the word no. You know how Shonda Rhimes had year of yes. She, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, she had a book. It, it was oh, like a cult she, favorite. I didn't know. Year of yes. This is year of no. So what do you say no to? Uh, that text message? Anything that doesn't align. <laughs> there are no text messages in the bunker. Anything that doesn't align with the larger vision I have for I like my that. life. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Anybody and anything that doesn't. That's the dude exactly. try to holler at you like, no! You don't align with the vision I have for my life. <laughs> you have to tell him that whole thing. You don't align with the vision, my dude. I mean, he would definitely walk away if I said that. Definitely. It wouldn't be like, what you mean? Like, no. What's your vision? Well, the church of cool kids. He will him in. Is what you do. Who knows? There might be a dude that aligns with the vision that he I might, have. And that, that's life. the one that you get. That, see? He, it's a natural filter. He's like, tell me more. I think you should do that. Yep. But next time a dude comes, be like, no, you don't align with the vision I have for my life. He's like, well, tell me more, sis. And oh, I'll be like, what? The fact that you even asked my brother. Let me get my number right now. Man, pull out your cell, bro. My address is. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't go that far. 331. 331? <laughs> Not see, and that's why you don't know my address. Uh-huh. It would be all on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It would. Random dudes would be, hey, you, you Julia? <laughs> I heard you so, was looking for someone who aligned. Dude was like, <laughs> this goof troop was like, he gave me your address and says you was looking for a dude who aligned with your vision. He said you like cardigans. I brought you a roll cardigans. 
And you know, if a man came knocking with a box of tourniquets. <laughs> to wait to your heart. Way to my heart. Who am I to be like? No, I'm not gonna accept your J. Crew cardigans. You align with the vision I have for my life. <laughs> That's right. It's a cardigan full life. <laughs> yeah. I do enjoy a good cardigan. I do. Yeah, I do. Cardigans are nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do a whole whole episode of cardigans. I think that should be our next podcast. Why cardigans? Yeah, cardigans are dope. I mean, there's a whole Instagram account called the Beige Cardigan. I'm not even on social media. Whoa, son. Oh, yo, you didn't even know. Right. Son, like, I was wondering why I hadn't been tagged and like random things. Like, I haven't. I deleted the apps off my phone and I haven't been on, before that, I haven't been on social media. Did you like, delete your accounts or the apps? The apps. Okay, so you can still come back. Oh, the only reason is because I need to post up for the church. Okay. Um, But I don't even do that. Yeah. Like, I have the church has its own Facebook account. Yeah. And I, even do you before manage I did, that account though? No, I don't. Um, oh, you fancy. You don't even manage your own social media for your church? No, I volunteer. There's somebody who does it. Shout out to Dorica. Hey, Dorica. Show love. Um, the business has its own social media account, so I don't even. The go, serial entrepreneur over here. I just have one business right now. Right now. I'm trying to keep that focused. In three weeks, he'll be like, listen, I'm rolling out these six brands. No, I'm trying to slow down, man. Like, Cutting out the social media is just like cutting out the noise, the chatter. Yeah. It's just a lot. Juju, you know, it's like. Is that kind of like your, what is the thing we used to say? Your challenge for 2020 is to cut out the noise? It wasn't a challenge. I just wanted to be in a better mental space. Ooh. I've been really evaluating my mental health. And I was doing that last year on the podcast. I was like, you feel like. And I really yeah. amped it up though. And one of the things I noticed is that social media was really a hindrance to me, like, mentally. Yeah, say more. It, you know, it, it scientifically is proven. Even the, the co-founder of Facebook said that, and I'm paraphrasing, when they started Facebook, they noticed that they wanted to be able to get people to come back. So, yeah, they got it's the, addictive. It, it releases dopamine. Yeah. Right. The same chemical that's in a lot of the drugs that people take, a lot of the medication, it, it yeah. makes you keep coming back for more. And so, yeah. If, I mean, I noticed that every five minutes I had to pull out my phone and check my account or yeah. check to see if I got a notification. It was, it's, it was unhealthy. What do you feel like it was driving, aside from the dopamine, but like what was it reinforcing in you? Oh, my God. It was reinforcing so many insecurities. Mm. Um, it was mm-hmm. like I would have this image of what other people were doing and comparing my life to that. Yes. That comparison was the, the, the thing that really made me say, you know what, I need to just stop. I was comparing like my life, my, my marriage, my, my church, my kids, yes. the clothes I wore. To people's highlight reel. Exactly. Yeah. Man, somebody, my wife was on Facebook. <laughs> somebody. Like, my wife. <laughs> no, 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 no. The statement's about the somebody. She's oh, like, okay, okay. Somebody okay. just bought a house. Oh, snap. And like the post was, you know, the... They made it seem like they did the ha- they got the house from this pocket of finances, but I was like, I know this person, and she told me I was like, oh no, that's not how they. I know this person. I know what their significant other does. Yeah, <laughs> it was like they and I said that the problem with social media is that people will post things without proper context. Yeah, and they're not telling the whole story, so you just say you, the, the whole story. You can never like. If I tell you the whole story, you're not gonna see the struggle behind, right? Or the right. the grind behind. Like you're gonna see the shine. What you want them to see. And so now I pull out my life That's and say, Jesse oh. Jackson moment. The grind behind. Jesse see Jackson. the shine. It's like a whole rhyme scheme thing. Why it wasn't, did you say and, Jesse Jackson though? 
Because Jesse Jackson used to like rhyme. have a rhyme scheme. Okay, yeah. I, 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 I was this, just I like, dang, I had a Jesse Jackson moment. But yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I think that's great though. Like, I deleted Facebook years ago and was off for maybe three years, but then went through this whole school founding process and very was very externally facing and was always like I had to start with the narrative generation and telling the story and getting people excited so i had to reopen social media but part of me feels called to like get rid of it again i love that if you feel called to get i feel called to get rid of it again let's do let's let's, let's start it man (laughs) well i think that it keep talking i need to step to the Oh, sure. I'm not saying that. I don't have the virus. I think he has that Chinese coronavirus. Um, What it does is it sets up these unnatural um, bonds with people. Typically, when you are friends with someone or connected to them, and I shouldn't say friends, like in terms of Facebook friends. So like at a very superficial level, you relate to people. There's typically a cutoff of that connection. And what Facebook does is it allows us to continue to be connected to people that we normally would not be connected to and probably shouldn't be connected to. There should be an end to some relationships over time. You're connected to folks now that you knew in preschool. It's like, oh, what's going on in your life? There's a natural evolution to relationships and... Facebook does not allow that to happen. I am all about the cognitive approach to things. Like, just seeing how things affect your mind, your brain. Yeah. It just wasn't... I I think that this excess of access we have is really unhealthy. You're always accessible. Always accessible. I mean, the phone, period, right? But, like, people sliding in DMs. And I don't mean it in that way, but, like... People who don't have your phone number, who are connected to you on Facebook, will hit you up in your DMs like, hey, really want to talk to you about this thing. And yes, opportunity can generate from that, but other things, can, like unnecessary stressors can yep, generate from that. Yep. One of the challenges I had was, you know, if I delete and I stay off, you know, because you're not the only person. People have been like, where you been? Like Facebook is my only level of existence. <laughs> like, yes, you can call me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, send me a text or whatever if you want to holler at me. But like, send me a letter. Don't <laughs> still work. I thought I was gonna miss opportunities for business, but honestly, I'm old school. Like, I think God will give you the opportunities He wants you to have, and yeah. as He has been doing. Like, without me, yeah, being present on social stuff has been coming. So I just I'm done with it. I don't know how long, you know, I don't foresee myself getting back into it anytime soon, though. I like that. I think that that's going to be the cool kids challenge of 2020 is authentic connection. Yeah, yeah. So figuring out how to get away from this surface level BS with social media and actually, like we're doing today, spending FaceTime with people. FaceTime, man. Like living in the present. That's right. That's right. I have this new one. I don't know if I'm going to make it a sermon, but I've been, like, really, like, studying time and, like, the concept of it. Kronos. Kiros. Yeah. Yes. But one of the things that, <laughs> it was a TED Talk, and I, for, I forgot the, the, the guy, but one of the things he said is that, you know, there is no such thing as a 
living in the moment physically. Like mm. it's only it's, it's only always fleeting. It's always right. It's so yeah. you can only think about the future. The past came and went, but yeah. the moment is always moving, right? Yep. You so are we are in the, in the moment. moment. So yeah. it's like I'm at this place of I just want to enjoy the moment and removing Facebook and Instagram for me has helped me like like if if I was still on social like today I would have been snapping selfies I'm like let's take a picture Juju I'm like I mean I can still do it you can still do it <laughs> but I'm like why, why why to post and then show people the life I'm living to get some yeah. validation like just live yeah. in the moment and like and enjoy this enjoy right. DC like enjoy yeah. enjoy this moment and it's it's healthier man like yeah I love it I mean at that point. I have started. If you notice on my Instagram, I don't, cause you I don't because you don't. But if <laughs> what, you, if we're friends Instagram? on Instagram, what's on Instagram? What, what is that? What do you do there? I only have two pictures. Mm. I mean, I used to have hundreds. I have two. You deleted all of your pictures. I archived them. I'm not oh, deleting. I don't even know how that. Works. So anyway, um, there are two pictures. One is my 2019 nine top nine. Okay. Yeah, you know the highlight reel, yeah, yeah, yeah. the the post that people like the most. I got off by the time. You um, <laughs> was like, I was already in twenty twenty by the time that posted. And then there's another one I took on Christmas Eve, where um, I found some street art that said "Protect Your Heart" because that's kind of like what I'm. That's your theme. That's my theme this year: protect your heart. Um, so I only have those two pictures, but I've been taking photos and revolutionary printing them oh cool i've been ordering prints That's super cool so now i'm like i gotta get photo albums i don't want to cool. stop taking photos right but i don't know that everyone needs to have access to my memories that's good that's good i like that i like that we're going analog this year you know what i'm thinking about it just ditching everything digital actually for our next episode all right this is what's gonna happen between now and our next episode I am going to go off of social media. I'm not necessarily deleting my account. That might be step two. But I'm going to come off of social media between yeah. now and our next recording. Okay. And then we can kind of check in. I think that's cool. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Tell me how you're doing. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Yeah. If I've relapsed. And that'll give us time to go to the gym and shed our holiday weight. You know, I've been, <laughs> I thought that just giving up meat and being a vegetarian would no. be enough to lose the weight. I was a fat vegan. Yeah, you gotta like work out. Yeah, because you eat a bunch of carbs when you're a vegetarian. You I'm giving up carbs. I'm gonna be honest though. I looked at myself in the mirror this morning. <laughs> Here we go. And my stomach wasn't as big. As See, it. So I've lost some, but it's like flat. It's you like you lose inches before you lose pounds. That's, that's what it is? You got to measure yourself. Ooh, you smart. Ooh, Juju with the knowledge, G. But who, who's the gift, though? The guy who's always oh, like... The, the, yeah, like, like always or, thinking. I think gifts are moving. Like, I thought he was emotion. moving. He's There's mean. two, right? Because I've sent it where he's like pointing at his head. Oh, okay. So right, he's right. both. He's a gift and a meme. Y'all know who we're talking about. Look like New Jack Swing. Yeah. He's like, you know... I'm trying to figure out who he looks like. But I guess New Jack's He looked like he would be in Coming to America. He does. <laughs> Which is actually going to have a sequel. Coming Will that come out before our next? Is that coming out before our next podcast? I don't think so. Oh, dang. I was like, we could review that joint. production. Oh, what? So I what? got excited. Are we reviewing something here? We've got 15 minutes left before. Because it stops at, it stops at 60. It just gave me a message. <laughs> this was like, this does it? Stops at 60. <laughs> I don't know why, for some reason, we've gone over... 
60 we have definitely gone over 60. I think, like, since we stopped recording, they changed our contractual obligation. <laughs> but, no, I actually, like, I feel good at leaving the conversation here. We need to go get some drinks. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. Because this brother has already gotten food. I have not eaten yet. Well, listen, 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 Linda. Listen, <laughs> Linda. I have not I've been vegetarian for like three months, and so my eating patterns are off. And I'm on some medication. Can't tell what I'm on, but it. Um, <laughs> I'm on something for for ADHD, so it kind of curves my appetite. Mm-hmm. And so I really that, oh, in addition dang. to me on this vegetarian diet, I eat literally once a day. And some of it, it is and, that what I need? Some and, Adderall. Some Adderall. And, <laughs> he dropped the well, LBS. Even you, when you, so some of the people who misuse Adderall, they use it specifically to lose weight. I know. I knew some people in college that uh, did cocaine and Adderall as they thin. Wolf of Wall Street. Did cocaine you, and Adderall? No. You know it, Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah, I know what it is. So Leo the, DiCaprio. In the intro, he talks about like what he does to be successful. He was like, well, I take Adderall. I, t- I take cocaine to to calm me down and I take his annex to kind of he had yes. his whole combination and I was like dude you know listen that. when you go to a country club college with a bunch of rich school? white kids Hampton no I went to this Harvard. small <laughs> I went to this what, what school was small liberal world? arts college Hillman to, that's to not Hill, a real Hillman Hillman's not a real school <laughs> this is like a combination of Howard and Spellman I think <laughs> they made Hillman um, I went to a small liberal arts college in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, which with a bunch of like affluent white kids, and they did lots of drugs, not out in the open, but you know, some folks did a little. Did you have you ever done? No, 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 no. I want to do it one time. You want to do it, or you've only done it one time? I want to do it one time. Oh, (laughs) she said, I've only done it one time. I said that to see your reaction. I don't want to do it. (laughs) No, I mean, like, I'm not judgmental about people's life choices. I'm sure my nose is, like, messed up. I mean, you would just be a bloody mess. Oh, my God. But, um, yeah, like, they would snort Coke and do Adderall to stay up, to stay thin. Like, the people who had the highest GPAs were the biggest drug addicts. I know a black guy that got in trouble. For doing drugs at said university. I mean, his white friends never got caught. Oh, I thought you were like, you made the <laughs> head nod like I knew the person. I'm like, oh, who is it? You're like, tell me who, Say, it, who is. is it is. But no, I mean, like, the rules are not the same. That's why I don't do drugs. The rules are not the same. Facts. Those like, facts. I can't I can't do things that affluent white people can do. That's, a, that's a whole different cons- consequence. That person, that person, person. Did you just call me affluent? You're yeah, affluent. I will accept I was, that. I I'm a walking affluent. You're affluent. Black That's right. You know, I'm bougie. Go sis. Yes. With the cardigans. Yes. And the pearls. Oh, I'm balling Only out. bougie black women wear pearls. So, my friends called me rich yesterday. I, I did I did a thing. Claire. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I can't. I'm going to keep going. Claire, I'm <laughs> I did a thing yesterday for... Um, you did a thing. I did a thing for some of my girls. I sent everyone grants. And when I say a grant, it was somewhere between 5 and, and $10. I sent people a little gift. Oh, I and I, um, I said for my girls, I'm going to get my guys after the next pay. So for my girls, <laughs> I sent 
let them a little treat yourself. That's cool. Now, the folks who got more money were going through some milestones, like a new job or That's like cool. something sad happened. So I gave them a little extra. But the reactions were priceless. Sure. One, like, I just wanted to do it because it makes me feel good to, like, support people that are in my life that I care about. Um, but I also up. just want <laughs> But uh, some of my friends texted me yesterday and they were like, it's good to have rich friends. And I was oh, like, what? but no, I have never considered myself to be rich. But I think that I should start calling myself rich. You know how like when you start to call yourself something, you start to walk in it, you start to embody it, you start to embrace it. And it doesn't have to mean from a financial aspect. It can totally mean like I am wealthy in everything that matters. I I got a funny joke, funny story. Go ahead. Go ahead before we sign off. Go on and tell your joke. I was at a family (laughs) reunion and, um, you know, they have the dinner. Mm-hmm. So predominantly my family reunion sits not a lot of young people that go. So it was my aunt who is uh, in her seventies, yeah. my grandmother, um, my me, my wife, and like some other people. Another aunt who's like forty. Yeah. And so I don't know how we got in this conversation, but my wife was talking about like Whole Foods. I'm like, I was like, yeah, we, we love going to Whole Foods. And she was like, oh, y'all go to Whole Foods, huh? She said, um, but y'all like Chipotle too. I was like, yeah, I actually love we Chipotle. We love Um I was like, it's right in the area um, of like Target. We like, oh, you like going to Target? <laughs> Target. Y'all rich, huh? I was like, how are we rich? Let's <laughs> just talk again. Yeah. But people's perception of what is like wealthy. I'm like, no, I'm not Jay-Z. Beyonce, we're not stunned out here. We just like Target and Chipotle. Too funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But rich is relative. I was like, ain't hey, T, how about that rich? Come on now. You got to start saying you're rich, though. Nah. I don't know if I want to be rich. You do. I want to be wealthy. Ooh. <laughs> In that same vein, I want to challenge our listeners to also send your friends a little treat yourself money. Yeah, send me a cash app. Yeah, There's that's literally what I did. I cashed out my friends a little money and tagged it treat yourself. That's like, cool. the world would be a better place if we just thought about our friends and we're like... Treat yourself. I'm know. sorry, I did the hashtag. Y'all can't see that. Hey, what? Is that I, what that means? Yeah, hashtag. Treat okay. yourself. Um, oh, I got belched. What was that? Hummus. I think it was the hummus it and tzatziki sauce. It, can you and, smell it? Mm-hmm. I love hummus just, and avocado mixed together. You know, bunkers don't aerate well. Um, <laughs> this has been great. <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you for joining us in season six. Yeah. <laughs> season six of the cool kids. Where can our listeners find us? <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> oh, um, we are. <laughs> you may have to re-register. No, we're on Apple Music. No, Apple Podcast. So go to Apple Podcast. Look up Cool Kids Podcast. C O O L Kids K I D S Podcast, and we're on Spotify. Spotify. Um, Jay Z still acting funny. We're not on title yet, but talk. I still love you. You supposed to talk to your your cousin? Listen, he's hard to get to. Listen, since he hit this Billy. Listen, <laughs> Hove has been hard. You know, Beyonce dropped Ivy Park. They don't be answering phone calls now. Like, I remember Do they when, still let you see the kids? Every now and then, man. Like, Rumi and Siri. When you, that, when you dropped them... <laughs> he didn't even know his godchildren's name, y'all. Y'all. Uncle Dez love y'all, man. <laughs> um, I was going to say something. Check he, yeah, you were email. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool kids live here. We actually have like a following. People listen to us. I'm not just saying that for the, from the numbers, but people hit me up or like coworkers will be like, yo, when you do another podcast, yeah. Julian's crazy. She's like so much smarter than you. <laughs> he's never told me this. I think he's making it up off the it's top of his Fabrication. Right. But check us out. Next podcast will be in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get back in our groove, son. Got to get back in the groove. We were supposed to do it a couple weeks ago, but I kind of flaked. It's all good. I probably wasn't ready. I'm going to be honest. I don't even know what happened. I think <laughs> I just forgot or I was sick or I fell asleep. It's the winter time. Yeah, it's like all of those things are possible. All of that <laughs> like, happened in one day. It all happened in one day. But uh, we love you guys. Ha ha ha. I'm cool. kidding. No, we do. I'm your girl, Juju. I'm Dez on that beat. And we are out. <laughs>